11 years ago, I woke up one morning. It was a Monday morning. I know that. And um, I realized that I'd lost all of my money. 11 years later, I have a company with 30 employees. That company is projected to make 17 million this year. I bring that up because a couple of years ago, I started asking the question, well, how'd you do that? <laughs> what did you actually do? What did you do from rock bottom zero to where you are now, you know, achieving the American dream? How did you get from there to here? And the next seven episodes of the Business Made Simple podcast, I'm going to break it down. There are six things that I did to build a small business that made my dreams come true and overcame career-wise the most painful uh, event in my life, which was losing everything. My hope is that if you are living paycheck to paycheck, if your business is underwater, if you've just lost everything, or if things are going well, but you'd really like for them to go extremely well, that you could learn from this journey. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast with Donald Miller, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. This is the only podcast that coaches you through a six-step plan to grow your small business. And we do that by helping you build your business like an airplane. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, you'll get the insight you need to stop feeling overwhelmed, gain back your confidence, and finally start to enjoy running and growing your small business again. The Hustle Daily Show, hosted by Zachary Crockett, Jacob Cohen, Rob Litterst, and Juliet Bennett Ryla, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. The Hustle Daily Show brings you a healthy dose of irreverent, offbeat, and informative takes on business and tech news. If you haven't already, check out their recent episode titled, Is This the End of the Non-Compete Agreement? With the wave of layoffs going around, a lot of employees are wondering what their rights are with non-competes. Well, the Federal Trade Commission has the same question, and the group discusses how the FTC is looking to potentially ban them. The episode also dives into how AI is banned on scientific papers, Peloton's $19 million fine over treadmill defects, and more. You can listen to The Hustle Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is podcast producer Bobby Richards. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know that to celebrate the arrival of our new book, How to Grow Your Small Business, we're hosting our first ever business growth boot camp on April 4th. This is a live stream event, and you're going to get three action-packed hours of advice from some of the world's top marketers and business leaders. We've got Donald Miller, Dr. J.J. Peterson, and as our special guest, Amy Porterfield. You're going to walk away from this event with fresh ideas on how to make more money with your marketing, sell more products, and motivate and lead your team with confidence. We have never packed this much value into a free event before, and you don't want to miss it. So to attend, all you have to do is pre-order How to Grow Your Small Business, and that's it. The book is your ticket. You pre-order, and then you register at businessmadesimple.com slash bootcamp. So pre-order the book, How to Grow Your Small Business, then use your receipt to register for our first ever business growth bootcamp on April 4th at businessmadesimple.com slash bootcamp.
So if you identify with the hero who lost everything and is in a hole and is convinced they'll never get out of the hole, I want you to know there's a lot of hope. I also want you to know this. In that place, in that place, in that, say, gosh, 24 months after that event, I learned more about business than I'd learned in the previous 38 years. And so if you are in a place where you know, you're at rock bottom, I'm telling you right now, this is the season in which you grow. If you would have come to me and said, hey, 11 years from now, you've created a, a messaging framework that hundreds and hundreds of thousands of companies use. Uh, you, you know, you're going to have consulted with lots of Fortune 500 companies. You're going to have 30 employees. You're going to live, at the time I lived in Portland, Oregon, you're going to live in Nashville, Tennessee. You're going to have a studio, you, you know, all that kind of stuff. I would have said, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. I don't even know anything about everything that you're talking about. I know nothing about. This was 11 years ago. Why do I bring that up? You have no freaking clue where you're going to be in 10 years. A decade is a long time. And you kind of just keep chasing curiosity and you keep doing things really well and you keep bringing excellence every day. You have no idea. You have no idea where this can go. I firmly believe that life hands us seasons of what scientists call punctuated evolution. Punctuated evolution is the theory that evolution didn't happen gradually. It happened in, in seasons. Ape became man overnight. You know, that's, that's that theory. And I, I don't know whether it's true, but that's the theory. I, I think life happens that way. And, and the seasons of punctuated evolution are always, always, always seasons of pain. Always seasons of conflict, seasons of frustration, seasons of challenge. I guarantee if you look back on your life, if you're a parent, and you look back on your life, you became twice the adult. Twice, you had twice the maturity, twice the empathy, twice the wisdom two years after you had your first baby. <laughs> you you changed. And here's why. Because it was so freaking hard. <laughs> That's why. It was so freaking hard. There was just so much going on. So, you know, who's to blame for the me investing in a movie? I am. I, I was the principal writer of the movie. It was based on a book that I wrote I am the one who contributed to convincing the principals involved that we could get we could drive traffic to the box office. That was me. I, you know, I take full responsibility for that and paid the, paid the price by losing my house. That to me was lesson number one: accept what's happening and take responsibility for it. Lesson number two on this journey from going to rock bottom to having a successful small business. Lesson number two is I had to take responsibility for my career. As a writer and an artist, I had jobbed out my negotiations with the publishers to an agent. I had jobbed out my career direction to a manager. Uh, I jobbed out a bunch of correspondence and stuff to my assistant. I, I was just letting other people handle my career. And to be honest, they were doing a great job. They only pay off my house and all this other kind of stuff. But I... At that point, when I had lost everything, when everything was, quote, taken away from me by fate, I took the reins and said, that's not going to happen again. And I'm going to take responsibility for every aspect of my career, the kind of books I write, what I, what, you know, where I speak, whether or not I created the products, whether or not I self-publish. Uh, this is on me. I am no longer going to look for business partners to rescue me. This career now belongs to me. And I made a philosophical change at that point, and this may apply to some of you. You know, I was a speaker and a writer at the time. I would go out and speak, and I'd get paid five grand to speak. 
and then I'd write and I'd get uh, you know a, a royalty on the on the books that I wrote. And I decided, you know, I want that three hundred fifty grand back. That's what I want because I really love this woman and I want to marry her. And uh, I you know I've got a bald spot coming in on the back of my head, so the only thing I got going for me is a little bit of cash. <laughs> and I'm going to get that cash back. Meanwhile, Betsy could care less, right? But that that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is I cared. It was a lot of my confidence. And so uh, I thought I'm going to get that back. That's point two. Point one is you got to take responsibility. You got to own it. You can't blame other people for your problems. You got to own it. You got to take responsibility. So then let's fast forward a couple of years to when I decided to start a conference business and we charged money like 2000 people would show up at a conference that I did. Now we're, we're in the events business. And then I got hired by Accenture to create a project management system uh, based on narrative structure. But I realized this works a lot better as a messaging clarification kind of thing. And so chasing curiosity, I swear to you, chasing curiosity, I decided to create this messaging framework that would allow you to clarify a message. And uh, just hear me out when I say this, because it sounds so much like fate, right? Hear me out. I wanted to write a book about how you could take ancient story structures, 2,500-year-old story structures, and use them to clarify a commercial message for a, for a business and then adjust or filter your marketing through that message. Now, pretend you don't know anything about my life. You know for a fact that that's going to fail. <laughs> You know it. Don't pretend like, oh, you know, strike a genius. That thing's going to sell four copies and my mother's going to buy three. But it was, it was still that idea of like just chasing curiosity and just saying, look, if you get excited about this, maybe somebody else would get, it exci- get excited about that. And by this time, I've got a, a, Betsy and I are married and, you know, just, you know, all the money's going to make ends meet at this point. And, you know, we're putting a little money in savings away. That was pretty great. And I, I took a year and a half and wrote this book, Building a Story Brand, and was absolutely shocked when that book took off. I mean, shocked. The book has sold 850,000 copies, which is a truckload of books for a business book. Just shocked. And that allowed us to, you know, the, the royalties on that allowed me to hire a few more people. It also allowed me to come off the road a little bit because I realized after getting married that you 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 uh you have to come home, <laughs> and that you know so there's that, and uh and you know all of a sudden had eight employees and you know had a little company, it was just a blast. It was a blast. I made a new friend with a guy named Bill, and Bill is a lifesaver. He's still a good friend. Bill scaled up his father's company when he was younger into the billions of dollars. And then with the money he made, started buying a bunch of small businesses. And so he was he speaks into the lives of a bunch of small business owners. And I'm so grateful to know him. And you know, we'd spend a little bit of time together. And every time we were together, I was just excited to tell him what was going on with the company. And he would just speak a lot of encouragement into my life and that sort of thing. I told Bill, I really want to scale this thing to $100 million in top line revenue. For, for whatever reason, that just said, you know, getting to a million was crazy. Getting to three was just as crazy. But to me, it's like a hundred million, I felt like was the potential that we had. And to me, it was just an internal challenge. And I said that to Bill. And he said, Don, if you want to hit a hundred million dollars, you have got to professionalize your operation. This thing does not scale 
with you getting on airplanes and speaking and driving and stirring up some business. You have, you're going to have to professionalize your operation. As a leader, it can be challenging to align your teams on a shared mission and goals for the year. But with HubSpot CRM, you can keep your marketing, sales, operations, and service teams in sync on one powerful platform that actually grows with your business and leaves your competition in the dust. Capture leads, boost sales, and engage customers, all from one powerful platform. Tools like a unified contact record, help desk automation, and customizable reporting make it easy to unite your team around a single source of truth, which means you can spend less time managing your software and more time connecting with your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better in 2023 and get a special offer of 20% off eligible plans at HubSpot.com slash business made simple. And now back to the show. I had never heard that phrase before, professionalize your operation. But as soon as he said it, it rang true. I mean, I just thought, that's ex- we are organized chaos. We're having a great time, but we are organized chaos. And that desire to professionalize the operation, that was the intention that got us from organized chaos to systems and processes that you could build a company on and you know make upwards of 17 million dollars on and I believe we will, we will scale I really do believe now we will scale to 100 million I say that because I think that's where 90% literally 9 out of 10 listening to this podcast right now you're there and that's what the book, How to Grow Your Small Business, is all about. It takes you, the small business owner, through the six parts of our business that we had to overhaul and we had to change and we had to um, get into shape. And here are the six things that we had to work on. First, leadership. We cast a vision for our company that included three economic priorities. That's chapter one of the book. And we made sure every role in the company supported those priorities. So we're going to dedicate a whole episode, next week's episode, to what do I mean by three economic priorities? And I really mean this. This was, this was probably a significant, a significant boost was setting three economic objectives, three economic priorities for the company and focusing all our work around those three economic priorities. I'll explain that next week. Number two was marketing. As you can imagine, we clarified our marketing message and invited our customers into a story. If you've read the book, Building a Story Brand, I go over it in a different way in this book. Building a Story Brand was written about five years ago. And so I've sharpened that message quite a bit and put that sharpened message into chapter two of how to grow your small business. Number three, we overhauled our sales system. We actually installed a sales framework and a sales team, an entire sales division. And we learned to craft what I call a million-dollar sales pitch, and I'll talk about that in a few episodes. Uh, the fourth thing we did was we optimized our product offering. We actually went through all the products that we sell, and we got rid of the ones that weren't profitable, and we kept the ones that were profitable, and that made a, an enormous boost in the business. In fact, if I look back over those seasons of punctuated evolution, at least as it relates to our bottom line, where our revenue was coming from, many of them, many of them were because of the creation and launch of a new product. Uh, we think about growing our business through sales, marketing, new customers, customer acquisition, that sort of stuff. You have incredible opportunity 
by launching new products that you probably haven't dreamed of yet. And so we'll get into that in part four of this series. In part five, we'll go over your overhead and operations. This was by far the absolute biggest, most painful problem that we had to solve in professionalizing our operation was figuring out how to manage people. And we only have 30 people, but but still it was mind numbing. It was mind numbing. You know, as soon as you start seeing people in the hallway and you aren't exactly sure what they do, you've got to install a management and productivity system, right? I mean, you know their title and you know they work with those people over there, but I don't know, like I couldn't tell you what you're, what you're working on today. You know, it takes you about six people on your team and you're there, right? Because you cannot ma- micromanage all of those people. So you got to figure out a way to get everybody aligned, get everybody on task. And it's also really great for morale because if people don't know what they're supposed to do, nine out of 10 people really like working hard and they really like doing a great job. Uh, if you don't give them a really clear job description, they're going to work really hard on stuff that they're just making up. All right, sixth and final thing we had to figure out. This is another sort of painful one: was cash flow. How do we not run out of money? I am not a numbers guy. Uh, I am extremely good at coming up with ideas that help us make money. So you know, I needed a, a, a system that would let me look at all the money and understand exactly what was going on financially so that I can make very sound financial decisions. And we came up with a system that helps us do that. Those six parts, leadership, marketing, sales, products, overhead and operations, cash flow. I believe those are the six parts of a business that you've got to learn to manage and you've got to learn to manage well. You've heard this podcast, if this is not the first time you've listened to it, You've heard me reference this at the very beginning of every, every episode when I say your business needs to be built like an airplane. The leadership is your cockpit, the marketing is your right engine, sales is your left engine, products are your wings, overhead is your body, and cash flow are your fuel tanks. If you've wondered how you could take that metaphor of build your business like an airplane and use it to take your small business from a $50,000 side hustle to a quarter million dollar business that provides for you and your family, or from a quarter million dollars to a million, that first million is difficult. If you've wondered how to take it from a million to two, this is how you do it. If you wondered how to take your company and prepare it three years from now to sell to a buyer who will pay a premium price for it, this is how you do it. If you don't, you're going to continue to have organized chaos, which, by the way, was really fun. It was really fun. I think this is more fun because as I get older, I want security. Uh, I don't want to wake up one morning and have lost everything. Uh, I need, and my people need dependable, predictable systems because they're basing their their security on whether or not this small business succeeds. That's my story. I don't know where you see yourself in that story. You, you may be the person who just lost everything. You may be the person who lost everything and now you've built it up and you're a quarter of the way there. You may be somebody who has gotten your business to 10 million and you've got 100 million in the crosshairs, but you're not exactly sure how to get there. You, you may be somebody who works for somebody whose business is organized chaos, and you can passive aggressively send them the link to this podcast and say, this was interesting. <laughs> Wherever it is, this tends to be the entrepreneurial journey. We started businesses based on a passion. We thought we could make some money serving customers with this product we really love, and all of a sudden, you're managing a business and you never signed up to manage a business. You signed up to be an artist and to create something really cool and to put it out onto the market. If that's you, the next six episodes of the Business Made Simple podcast are designed 
specifically with you in mind. And I really hope you get a lot out of it. All right. At the end of every episode, as you know, I give you a plan of action. These are the main takeaways from our conversation that will help you grow your business. And today's plan of action is a challenge. When my business hit a million dollars, I remember laying in bed thinking I never, ever thought I'd have a million dollar business. I didn't have a million dollars, by the way, <laughs> I not even close to a million dollars, but I had a million dollar top line revenue business. And I remember thinking, what if you could double it? What if you could be a $2 million business? That sounded crazy at the time. Uh, I think we did that in about 18 months. Um, and then when we hit 2 million, I just thought, you know what? It was a delusional fantasy to go from one to two. What if you went to four? 24 months later, we were at four. And then I thought, there's no possible way we could go to, from four to eight. There's no possible way. It was about, gosh, it was, I mean, I think it was another 18 months, two years that we went from four to eight. And then from eight to 16 was three more years. Uh, we went from eight to 16. And now we're trying to go from 16 to 32. These numbers seemed just ridiculous to me at the time. Ridiculous. But now that you look back and they make sense. You know, you catch a lot more fish if you got a hook in the water. And one of the ways to get a hook in the water is to actually challenge yourself to double your revenue. Double your revenue. Wherever you are at right now, let me just ask you this. What would it take to double your revenue? Would you need a new product? Would you need a new lead generator that gets you more email addresses? Uh, would you need to reverse engineer your company based on three economic objectives? What would you need to do to double your revenue? And here's the plan of action. It's a challenge. There are six more episodes of the Business Made Simple podcast that are going to go through these six areas that you need to do to professionalize your operation. I believe every one of them, every single one of them could cause you to double your revenue. In other words, I, I want to give you six different things over the next six episodes that would help you double the revenue of your company. It starts next week when we get into three economic objectives. My challenge to you is... From now until then, for the next week, plant the seed in your mind. Just keep asking yourself this question. What would it take to double the revenue of my small business? You're going to work your butt off anyway in your small business. Why not work on the things that would actually cause you to make more revenue? It is possible. I don't care how much money you're making. It is possible for you to double the revenue of your small business. And we're going to give you six shots at it over the next six weeks. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly far and fast. See you again next week.